Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Rivers to Bach Book Club. Today we're going over Wheel of Time again, Winter's Heart, Book 9 by Robert Jordan. Today we're going to go over chapters 19 through 26. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Josh. Hello there. What's up? Uh, so let's hop right into this. So first thing I have in my notes here, um, we're back to to Matt's perspective here. So he's in the wandering ro- uh, woman. <laughs> I was about to say wandering woman, like fucking wandering room. Yeah, like I'm fucking <laughs> Shaggy or or Scooby or something. Ro Ro Raggy, we're in the wandering woman. <laughs> I don't know why the hell. I was... <laughs> that was his nickname in high school, Randrew. Randrew, yes, that was my nickname. So, that, so I just love the letter R. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, he's in the, the tavern where he's storing his money and his supplies to escape. Um, he meets Jolene Mazza, which is a green Aes Sedai. She's been hiding from the Sean Chan in the Wandering Roman. Oh, I just did it again. Yeah, the, I want to keep doing it now, room. dude. I'm never going to, like, not think of it like that now. <laughs> so I just read your notes? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, he meets Jolene, and then we have Eganon. Uh, or I can't remember how the audiobook person pronounced. It. I was gonna say Ganon, but she's a yeah, Sean Chan captain, and she's the captain of the Green Fleet or whatever. Um, she was actually at Falma during that war, and then her Sojin, Sojin, which from what I read, the Sojin are basically like bodyguards or like servants to the the blood of this the Sean Chan. And the blood of the Sean Chan are like the higher up people, right? So the, yeah. her Sojin now is actually Bail Domon. He's the sailor. He's been in several of these books, I think. Um, he helped Nynaeve during Falma. He's been in the in and out of the series, but now he's the so like the servant of Eganon, basically. Yeah, so they Bale's both just kind of yeah. good. Oh, sorry, I was like, Bail's like all over the place. <laughs> I know he's like uh, serious. I know, right? Like. When he first was in the series, I was like, this guy's never going to appear again. But he just keeps popping up. So he's back. Um, So they both come in. They're obviously both decked out in Sean Chan stuff. In fact, even Bale Delmon has shaved his head on the side. So he's like straight up Sean Chan now. Um, So Matt and Jolene get scared. Because obviously Jolene is nice to die. And if the Sean Chan find out that she's hiding from them, they're going to call her. So Matt pretends... To like make out with Jolene so they don't <laughs> see her face, basically. Um, so yeah, that's like the first scene. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But I, I didn't expect we'd, we'd switch to Matt so quickly. Yeah, but... I know we uh, talked about it, but um, we thought, you know, being Robert Jordan and who he is and how he likes to, uh, you know, not tell us what we want to know immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a while till we went back to Matt as well. But of course, we don't get a lot of two on interaction, which I'll get into a little bit later. But at least we're back with Matt early. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess the whole thing with this is like this whole situation is Matt being the good guy he is wants to repay his debt and help people and he's and it turns out that this person who helped him didn't even wasn't even the one who helped him and he had like a little trick to find out because like wasn't like the note 
was like under his pillow or something and she said it was somewhere else yeah so there something like that there was a yeah this Aes Sedai was trying to pretend that she was the one who gave Matt a note to warn Nynaeve um but the letter was actually in his coat not underneath his pillow and she just agreed to him saying it was underneath his pillow so he knows she's lying so at that yeah. point he knows okay I need to go talk to Teslin, which is an Aes Sedai who's already been captured, but he realizes that Teslin is the one who actually gave the note, so she's the trustworthy one, not this person. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty, uh, pretty cool of Matt because, or pretty uh, smart thinking. Yeah, I mean, usually like, they're dumbasses, so that yeah, was uh... usually. <laughs> <laughs> usually. But like, I feel like even if, even if Matt knew, he probably would help them anyway, just because being from the two rivers. I mean, he might he might be a man whore, but still, <laughs> he uh, he at least has some sense of uh, duty as a man. Like in the two rivers, how they uh, protect their the the women and children. You know, they're very very rural. Yeah. So, uh, I think he, regardless, he'd help them anyway. And I guess he's gonna help them. Like he even said he's gonna help them. He's like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have known. But then now he has to go help more people. It's just yeah, exactly. Which kind of leads into this next note here. I'll just get into it now. So Matt, after this situation ends, uh, Jolene doesn't get captured or anything. You know, it works. So after this, he goes to the Damani kennels, the Shan Chan call them kennels. So again, like reaffirming that like they're slaves and like they treat them like animals. Basically, it's just really inhumane. But he sees a lot of the captured women channelers. There's a lot more detail than that i'm not gonna like get into that specifically it's just more about like you know the conditions they're in but matt speaks with teslin again the white tower loyalist who gave him the note originally um they talk over you know escaping and stuff and he agrees to help her escape teslin but also help another Aes Sedai, edicina escape as well who is a rebel not a loyalist so now he's kind of roped himself into the situation where he only need, he needs to escape, but also help these other two escape. And then the last part about this I'll just talk about is when he walks out of the kennels, he runs into Tuan, again, the daughter of the Nine Moons, who he's <laughs> prophesied to marry at some point. And Tuan's actually pleased to see that he's nice to the Damani. He makes up a story that like he was, you know, visiting the Damani or whatever for like good reasons. Um, so even though Tuan might have like Damani slave, she at least sounds like she's maybe not the worst Sean Jan, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then Matt just t- thinks about how he's going to involve Tom and Julian to like help him escape. Yeah. So, what's uh, there? I got a, cu- a couple things I want to like stop real quick and yeah. talk about. Yeah. And it's mo- mostly the Tuhan, uh, daughter of the nine moons. Because so when we look at their culture, having slaves is normal as like when we look at it, we're like, oh, that's inhumane. So if we look at through her lens, uh, she obviously it's been shown through through this book that she treats her Dumani, her slaves uh, good. I mean, you know, for obviously it's to us, it's not good, but to like them, she treats them nicely like oh nice how we would treat a dog you know like if you saw someone abusing a dog you'd be like what the hell but she just like 
treating her dogs or her her pets or slaves nicely. Uh, so I guess when she came in and like Matt gave that story, that just gives her another because we already know she she likes him uh, in in her own weird way. So like that in of itself gives her like more like ooh look at this guy. Not only is he handsome. But he loves Domani. <laughs> Treats them nice. <laughs> and he has but, a tiny dick. He so. has a tiny dick. Oh, my f- favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't think about taking a Domani to the bed. They've done that once before, and, <laughs> and uh, they all, they all, all the prisoners were killed. <laughs> right. Or something. At least, at least you know, like in the slave culture, like this, uh, you can't like abuse that in a sexual way mm-hmm. or else you could dire consequences so i guess if i was gonna say good job on that at least i'd get, probably give him a golden star but you know for the rest of the slave stuff not so much but yeah he kind of he kind of threw that in there um in this scene as well like talking about how sometimes the demonic is sexually assaulted by uh people who are not Damani. Um, and obviously I feel like that's kind of a reference to, you know, real day slavery back in the day where that occurred frequently with slave owners, like, you know, sexually assaulting I mean, their slaves. But it, yeah, yeah, like you said, at least here they reprimand them. I mean, in our society, they didn't, but you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had a whole war about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, there's um, another thing. About, oh, I'm so glad they're, they're finally bringing like Matt and Julian, or not Matt, uh, uh, Tom and Julian, like back into this, and they're for pretty like, uh, for pretty major roles. We'll get to even later down, or maybe this was the part I was thinking of, because like for a while, even the majority of this book, they're kind of just there or they barely show up. But now we're given a specific scenario where both Tom and Julian are going to be needed and useful. So we're finally going to get a lot more of them. Yeah, hopefully. Because, like, kind of like our boy Loyal, he's not even here, actually. So if anything, he doesn't even, he's not even on the level of Tom and Julian. But, like, Tom and Julian have been kind of just hanging out in the background for a while. So it'll be cool to, like, kind of bring them back into the fold a little more. Besides yeah. Tom just talking about, like, banging the school teacher. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny about these characters is just like in the first couple books, they're needed. To, they needed to be more prominent so that yeah. they could teach our main character stuff. Absolutely. But now that our main characters are know how to do their thing and we don't really need uh, them to take the spotlight anymore. Cause they don't, we don't really need to, Well, they still need to be taught some stuff, but for the most part, they don't really need people teaching them 24-7 all, you know? No, exactly. Our main characters have, like, graduated on onto, like, bigger teachers. Like, more important teachers. Like um, Cad Swain. Yeah, Cad like Cad Swain, like, really powerful people, or, like, nobles, or, like, their teachers now instead of... Good old Tom Maryland. Yes. Good old Tom Maryland. The Glee Man. Oh, you're 18? That's fine. <laughs> oh, i'm yeah be your grandpa but fuck it <laughs> yeah um, hopefully yeah. he didn't teach that lesson but um i just want to yeah. say if you're like a single dude and you're like in your <laughs> mid 50s 
and some like young twenty year old something is is hot is willing to bang you, you're gonna do it. I don't care. You're a single fifty five year old dude with a limp. Oh you yeah, can juggle. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna do it. Yeah, man. Like do it. don't yeah. don't try to be all hidey high and mighty. Say that's yeah. No, you do it. Yeah, no, you for do sure. It. For sure. No, no, but I want it. <laughs> but I wouldn't. I, I, would, I would never do that. No. Uh, I like mean, older women, right? Yeah, I only like. Adults. <laughs> I only like thirty plus. So if I'm fifty, she better be a hundred. Better be two. yeah, the fucking ninety, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to break a hip. All right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what's your RPG question? Okay, yeah, got an RPG question for you. I guess it's just a regular segment now, but if you were playing an RPG game, what would you do? So, like, would you help the Aes Sedai escape, or would you just escape yourself if you're mad? Would you help those two Aes Sedai and potentially others where you just be like, say, fuck it, I'm out? So, I guess with the Aes Sedai, the one who's in the, the uh, tavern wouldn't be, like, that hard. It's yeah. the other woman and her friend, and then they're like, oh, we got to help more people. So it's basically just a big side quest unlocked. And and so right now, Matt is general to um, Brand's army. All these Aes Sedai are, are willing to help Ran. And so in the end, against the Dark One at the, at the Battle of Tarmageddon, uh, they might be very useful, so you'd probably have to. You'd pro- probably, especially if you have the power of luck, power of God and anime on your side, then, like, <laughs> <laughs> then you, you gotta take you gotta take the gamble. I mean, you've won everyone so far. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna be losing. So yeah, yeah. If I was Matt, I would do it. Now, if I was me, uh. I don't know. I don't think I have luck on my side. <laughs> so, I don't. I don't know. What are you talking about? You're banging ninety-year-olds, like we just talked about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they jackpot to me. They dude. buy me. They buy me rice cakes and <laughs> and, and, and uh, uh, Werther's originals. Just... Those fucking like caramel candies or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That only old people they, eat. No, no they, the ones I bang only have uh, cherry cough drops. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which are the best kind of ones. Unless you're too. actually trying to get rid of like a, a a cold or something, then they're awful. Like You just get the <laughs> mint ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh. so, so what would you do? <laughs> Which, I think I'm similar where like Matt has this superpower of luck. So I think he would be able to get them out and then, but I don't know. I think I would consult Tom and Julian first and be like, what do you guys think? Like, do you think this is feasible? And if they're like, no, I'd be like, all right, let's just leave. Cause, <laughs> like, Cause like you said, um, I think it is important to like get the Aes Sedai on their side on, on Rand's side. Of course, like the more Aes Sedai you get, the better. Um, but like you said as well, Matt is a general, and like he could, he'd probably be more used to Rand right now if he was outside of Ebudar and not a prisoner, and could like lead an army. So, the quicker he can kind of get back to that is probably going to be more useful than saving like a couple Aes Sedai. But I think if Tom and Julian and you know orchestrate a plan where they're like, you know, we could we could probably get them out with a high chance, and especially with his luck ability, like. 
his plus five to uh, any dice roll. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's feasible for sure. Cool. So it really just depends. If you have a good plan, you're in. Yes. If it's not a good plan, then you're out. Knowing Matt and and how he is, there probably will not be a good plan. But it's Matt, so they'll probably get him. <laughs> they'll get him out. They'll get him out. <laughs> okay, Matt has all the generals of the past in his brain. He does. He does. And and their sexual endeavors, as we learned. And their sexual. That is so damn funny. Yeah. Like, it's it's such just... a horny book. This book is so right. horny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I this isn't even the, the end, man. We're gonna get to the like the fucking Alana parts in this in this section, and it's gonna be <laughs> horny again. But uh, Honestly, yeah, go ahead. This, sorry. No, it's just like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's hilarious. I enjoy it. I, I'm not like it, knocking yeah. it. It's just a it's just no, an observation. Uh, yeah, it's what was the one before this was like the hor- we described as like the horny book. I think it was book five yeah there's uh, another book with that was exceptionally horny too i think that was the one where like maureen was like yeah i'd fuck you too um, oh yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's, like, she's like i thought about laying in ren's bed but then that wouldn't work like she she's like i wouldn't work because i'm like it's some like so prophecy amazing. thing she's like she's, the world will fuck up if i do that or something yeah so, and i like, think it would probably be because men uh men Avienda and Egwene, or no, and Elaine, yeah. would just be like, bruh. Like, if Ran fell for... If Ran fell in love with uh, Moraine, that actually... Dude, I if you Moraine. if you throw Moraine <laughs> in this pot, dude, I would take Moraine 100%. Uh, Fuck yeah, the other girls, great. dude. Moraine? She knows, she she's knows wife material, up. dude. Dude, right? Moraine's and, sick. I, th- I think, like, men as men as well... Uh, yeah, no, Egwene, I like Mint. I keep saying it, Gwaine. Elaine, I'm still, I st- I'm still kind of like, like I like her, but I don't know if you'd wife her up yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, well, he's not gonna have a choice when we get to the end of this. Avienda's like 180 her behavior. She's just like, dude, like, so like, basically, if you want a Damani as a girlfriend, go for Avienda. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much at um, this point. Uh, anyway, we can... We can get to you. Next section, so we're switching perspectives to Bethamen, which is a Suldom. Um, she knows Eganon pretty well. So a Seeker of Truth goes and meets Bethamen. The Seekers of Truth are Sean Chan-like special forces. They're like the Enforcers or whatever. They're kind of similar to the White Cloak um questioners like the people who torture people but the way robert jordan describes these seekers is like the things that the seekers do make the questioners look like pussies basically so like the seekers of truth are insane um with their methods so he goes and visits bethamen asuldam and he tells bethamen to spy on eganon and bail domon because he suspects there's a conspiracy with the High Lord of the Shan Chan Seroth, and then the Aes Sedai. So he thinks that like they're all working together and betraying like the Empire. So Bethamen goes on the way to to Eganon and Domon. She goes to like talk to them. We find out you know Eganon and Bale Domon are in a relationship. So again, like the Shan Chan captain, and then 
the sailor guy are like fucking now (laughs) and domon you know suggests his friends before (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're good um domon suggests you know hey why don't you free me because technically i'm a slave why don't you free me so that we can get married and egan's kind of like i don't know if i want to do that because the way the sean chan might view that would be bad so she kind of like skips over that but Bethman comes into the room and tells Egan, hey, the Seekers think that you're part of a conspiracy, and they think Bale's part of the conspiracy, too. So they're in kind of a bad situation, because like we talked about, the Seekers are no joke. They're very cruel. Um, and so Egan and Domon, they talk a little bit, and they're like, okay, let's seek out Matt and Tom for help with the situation. Yeah, that's why it's like, Matt's whole story arc is getting a whole lot more complicated. Yeah, it, like at it. first it was like, all right, let's just use the circus to leave. And now it's like, all right, we got to bring out these Aes Sedai. We got to bring out Tom and Julian. And then... Like, <laughs> it, it literally just goes from let's use the circus to escape to conspiracy theorists, all jailbreak, <laughs> heists. And I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. Matt. And, uh, and, you know, I feel bad for Perrin because... Uh, his storyline's now the bore- most boring out of everyone's except Egwene's. Yes. <laughs> well, because it's like, it starts off with parents. Like, this is parents' book, right? Winter's heart. He's a wolf. His wife got kidnapped. He's in winter. His, in winter. And he's like, he's going to rescue his wife. And then, like, 90 or 80% of the book later. I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> the classic Robert Jordan writing. <laughs> <laughs> I think because like Perrin himself as a character, it like I we we all love Perrin, but Perrin just doesn't have that much going on in his head. He's pretty straightforward. Yeah, he's books. like the epitome of man, like man, a, man. a side side quest character. Yeah. So like he's he's like the guy that in a video game like The Witcher or something where where you could pick to be a good person or a bad person, he's like the person you'd play as like the good guy. So yeah. I mean I couldn't there's not really anything too interest no, I'm not gonna say too interesting because it's still interesting. I'm gonna say it's not like as uh it's not as fluid or it's not it's not going to be as creative or as jumpy or as uh, it's not gonna be as crazy as like matt's situation you know so yeah matt's situation and then you have rand going off trying to freaking take out the the taint so it's like those two compared to uh byron yeah my wife was captured i just have to go rescue her yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not as interesting as I frankly it's just not as much I feel like you can do with. I think for what the situation is, Robert Jordan did a pretty good job at making it interesting by having Perrin be completely surrounded by people he cannot trust. Yeah. So Yeah. But other than that, it's like it's a whole lot more stuff going on. Yeah, I definitely agree. But yeah, that's basically what I like uh, I'm just glad Tom and Julian are going to be a bigger part, and I'm actually glad to see Bale again too because I never was he the one who uh, did they destroy his ferry in the first book or was he the the other guy? Oh man, I, I can't, can't remember. No, it wasn't his ferry. It wasn't his ferry. Okay, they do yeah, destroy his boat. Later. I think at one point, 
can't remember if it's like Falmar or if it was somewhere else where his boat gets destroyed, but yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, you're good. oh, I gotta stretch. We can we can get to get to do one. All right. So next part I wrote about here, we're switching perspectives again. Again, you know, Robert Jordan is like king of perspective switching. But let's go. So Rand is tailing Rochide, which is a rogue Ashaman, um, to far matting. So far matting is unique in that it's kind of like a steading, but it's not. So like it has the characteristics of a steading where you can't channel there, but it's not because of the Ogiers being there. It's because of like a Turangrial or something that's in the city that forces people to not channel within the city limits. So Ogier aren't necessarily there, but like people live there, but you can't channel. So Rand tailing Rochide in the city basically means he's just a normal dude. Him and the other Ashman are just normal guys because they can't channel. So um, he's following Rochide. He follows him into an alley and then wounds him pretty badly. Rochide, uh, or Rand wounds Rochide. Then Kismin, another rogue Ashaman, tries to like get the jump on Rand. Rand evades it and then Kismin accidentally kills Rochide. So Rochide bleeds out. And then Rand and Kismin hear the city guards coming. So they both have to run away because they're not, Rand is not supposed to be like doing this, right? Um, he's not supposed to be going after people and killing people. And he can't channel. So like if the city guards show up, he's essentially fucked. So <laughs> um, yeah. they run away and then Kismin actually returns to his room in one of the inns and he gets assassinated by Fane. So we get another appearance by Fane. So like you said, just getting more and more complicated, but... Rand also goes back to the end where he was staying, and Min, Nynaeve, and Olivia are there, and Olivia is a former Damani. So, yeah, yeah that's not a situation. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to be like, so with, with that situation, uh, when Rand goes to pursue him, and he's like, oh, I know I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Fuck yeah. it. And then <laughs> that whole scene was pretty cool. Uh, I really like the comparison when Rand goes to fight. He's like, they probably think because I'm the dragon that all I've I've put all my my strength into learning how to use the one power yeah. instead of instead of physical combat. Uh, because you know, because of how powerful I am. And so he's like, but little do they know, I strengthen both. You know, both skills, and that's and completely annihilated him. Yeah, so I right. thought that was really cool to show how far they've grown. Because I remember at the beginning of the second book when Land's like teaching him how to fight, and it's like he did the the snake down the rocks, <laughs> the, river, the monkey the climbing river. the tree and eating a banana. <laughs> it's like the nerd reading the lore, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So the Tom um, fucking an eighteen year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was pretty good. The the Andrew or fucking the grandma. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. The character development. <laughs> when he gets back and, like, starts talking to men and all of them, and Rand tells him what happened, and men's like, I had no idea. I, she's like, I, I couldn't feel anything at all. It's, and he's just, it's, and she was, like, worried about him, and he's just like, oh, there's nothing to feel. I just gotta kill him. Right, so we continue like, the arc uh, of him kind of becoming a little bit uh, 
numb to that stuff. Yeah, it's becoming too. Uh, how would how would they say it? Um, Rock hard, <clears throat> ran. Mm-hmm. See, and then men out of everyone knows that he's just getting a little too hard yeah. lately. Well, even she knows that for sure. Oh, oh yeah, and then, uh, even Rand's like, well, never knew. I never really thought about. It. I only focus on them when right. I get ro- when I become rock hard Rand. <laughs> but they could probably feel everything, so that's embarrassing. <laughs> he's, you know, because he's still more like. It's just funny that the girls are more open about it than he is. Yeah, which you know, just kind of how it is with men and women. I feel like. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So, uh, let's say all everything going on right now is uh, special. Like that's why I had to bring up the parent thing because, like, it's just not as interesting because there's just so much bigger stuff going on than Fayil got kidnapped. You know, so <laughs> agreed. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> but uh, what did you think? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I like the scene. Um, it it like reminds me that uh, Rand is a is a blade master right so like it, it was cool to like have a little bit of sword combat um especially and it kind of reminded me of like you said back when he was being trained by lan and he had to fight a sword master that was sean chin and beat him um with monkey climbing the tree but yeah. um, <laughs> i'm glad we're not doing that anymore thank yeah. god that we're not yeah I, I thought we were about to go into another paragraph of like fucking snake going through the grass and i was ready to laugh my ass off but we yeah thank god it's like when the series first started i i loved it because it was just kind of funny and i've I've never seen it like described that way me too uh but then once i got to like book six i'm like what the fuck is he doing i'm like i have no idea i want to know what he's doing like book one and two i was like all right (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if people just like made fun of him or something, and he got a lot of feedbackers like, dude, why do you keep talking about Snake going through the grass? So he got self-conscious and stopped doing it. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to see more of it. It is, but it is pretty funny. It's great. It's great, it's great material. <laughs> like, I want to see more of it, but I also really like kind of the style, too, where it's telling me what's happening. Yeah. And yeah, because like the other way, like when it's the other way around, I can kind of like imagine a fight scene in my head, uh, unique to that situation stuff. Uh, but then on the other hand, when it happened too often, I was just kind of like, I don't even know what to think. And yeah. if these are based off real moves, which I have no idea if they are, maybe I could just Google them. I um, think I looked up a couple of them and they're not. Um, but maybe some of them are. I, only, I think I only looked up like a couple. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, there are moves that are based off of like animals and stuff. Because I mean, I know, like, you know, certain martial arts are based yeah. off of like animal stances. But uh, so, the crane, so. the crane. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, Rand is going to be rock hard for a couple more books? God, I hope. Or you, you hope so? <laughs> no, I dragon. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it uh, in other sections, but yeah, I don't know when he'll soften up. I mean, there's going to have to be a breaking point where, I mean, he has to get tougher because he's the dragon and he needs to be tough, but at the same time, you got to like have some emotions and remorse, you know? Yeah. 
Sorry for the yawn, but there's no, so there's only like 14 books, right? I think Brand's mm-hmm. probably gonna snap out of or start turning around next book. And the reason is because now that he's connected to all three of the women who actually care about him and like want to help and support him, he can now he now has has an outlet for, and he does he no longer has to go numb with all the pain and emotion. He can now express it healthily and you know turn into happy happy farm boy again yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see yeah um uh yeah you can continue yeah continue i had an Um, rpg question here just briefly we can go over it but yeah like what would you do i know ran talked about like i probably shouldn't be doing this would you try to tail the rogue Ashaman, or you'd be like, all right, let me send some other people to deal with that. I, I'm just going to deal with other stuff. Well, I feel like in this situation, he kind of had to tail him because he was by himself. So if he went back and told them that there's like Ashaman around, that would just give them more time to prepare or stalk him or do something. Yeah. So, but in the, But in this case, they were luring him. And but Rand was cap like felt capable with his abilities to fight him. So I'm just thinking I'm just like I'm not I got I don't I'm not I'm not good with that sword. <laughs> I've never <laughs> used a sword in my life, so I probably wouldn't. But if I was Rand, uh I probably I probably would if I was Rand. If I was myself, uh if I had I probably wouldn't. Just because it's a little too risky because it's it could be a plan like they 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 could either see you or you or not but you're willing to take that risk and get ambushed by especially when you can't even use the one power it's like what if there's like 10 people show up but maybe that's why because throughout the book uh ran has practiced against multiple foes at the same time and and practice combats like we saw it in the when he took tier and uh, a whole bunch of other uh, sections too. So he probably is confident enough to take on multiple people, which as right now he just took on two. But for me, I'd probably say no, because I don't have that experience, and I think I would die. Hmm. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> just... I mean, I think, I think this situation in general is kind of like a, a little bit of a pride thing for him too, um, where like, he started this dark tower and he started the training of all these Ashamon and now there's a section of them that are already rogue and it's not even like that deep into their how long this organization has existed so like the more that gets out that these rogue Ashamon are already plotting to kill him just is really gonna hurt his image I feel like more so than it already is so younger me who's more prideful would probably go after them, but I, I would hope myself now would accept the pride loss and be like, okay, like send other people to deal with them. And like, I just have to take the PR hit of like the dark towers maybe because like he's going after these two guys, but it's like, we don't know how deep this corruption is spreading. And I, I think, uh, I, I didn't include it in my notes and I should have, I think now that I'm thinking about it, but when Kisman is going back to his room, he refers to the Mahail giving him orders, and the Mahail is Mazram Taim. So yep. 
we know for sure that he's evil. So it's like you're going after these two rogue Ashaman, but you don't know how deep the corruption is within your organization. You're just kind of leaving Mazram time to do whatever the fuck he wants right now. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to come like, to bite him in the ass. Like this whole side quest, he's going to come out of farmatting and he's going to get bit in the ass because he didn't deal with the entire Dark Tower as a whole. See, I don't, I don't know if he, I think the reason he might be getting rid of the tank now is because of that very thing. Yeah. Because if Tahim and a bunch of the Ashiman have turned to the dark side, the dark then side. then the taint isn't harming them. And right. Rand can like barely stand up and sh- sometimes using the power because of the taint. So I don't know if he went and tried to fight fight them off, he might lose because they're going to be at full strength while he's like losing his mind. Yeah, that's a good so point. I, th- I think so. That, that's that's kind of why I think he's doing this, but uh, why he's decided to do it now. Um, but yeah, still don't think he probably should have chased after them. But since he did, he at least killed one of them. But now the other one knows that he knows that 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 they're there watching him. So that's some good information on both sides. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So I don't know if Ran knew they were watching them but then he could have went back told the rest of the group and so that the Ashiman now don't know that he knows and they know that they're there so that gives Rand and his group an advantage because they can use use that against the Ashiman by taking them by surprise but now the Ashiman know they're there so whatever advantage was was once there is now gone right Words. words words yeah i'm tired <laughs> okay let's go to the next next section all right so we're i'm just briefly going to touch on this perspective change it wasn't like a long section but we switched to the perspective of esom slash luke I, they seem like i think esom is like the spirit version i didn't really like understand oh, that wait. that well but yeah go sorry ahead. real quick before you continue Bane is back, baby. True. Let's go. True. Let's go. Okay, you can continue. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke is the slayer from the defense of the two rivers with Perrin in a previous book. He's the one that was in the dream world with Perrin when Perrin was in the wolf dreams. So yeah. Luke is basically, it seems like he's just like an assassin now. He's getting paid by the Forsaken. Um, and he just talks about looking forward to be giving, giving the order to kill his nephew which is rand apparently so what oh yeah yeah. that's crazy yeah so we have a living family member who wants to kill him which it's unfortunate but uh (laughs) and you know it's cool that we saw luke again because like i was i like the name sounded familiar because i'm like i know this character this character but I have no, I cannot remember for the life of me where he's from. But when she remembered what she said, like, you know, the guy from the two rivers, I was like, oh, holy shit, dude, we haven't seen this guy since book four. I know, right? <laughs> like, book, book nine. Because he just, like, like, rode away. Like, I know Perrin shot him with an arrow, I think, in the dream world, and then he rode away wounded, so clearly he was the slayer. But, like, um, 
yeah, they never like revisited that. He just like went away, and <laughs> that was it. I, I can't believe I and we forgot. I remember. I think I like. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure after we read that book, we like mentioned something like, "Oh, I can't wait to see this character again." Yeah, and then I completely forgot about him, and pr- maybe Robert Jordan didn't too. <laughs> Not, <laughs> but uh, but then you say that Luke, like Luke, in here talks about. So he's pretty sure he's bipolar. Right? Yeah, he's got like two or personalities. Not, bi- not, bi- not bipolar. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Personality. Either two personalities or like one version of him is in the spirit world and then one version is in the real world. But yeah, like something like that. So he's crazy. Uh, and we knew he was working with uh, Forsaken and stuff yeah. anyway. Like yeah. from, it was pretty obvious. Uh, and I'm in a brain fart, so you say something real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, honestly, in this section. Uh, is uh, They're just kind of built... He's just building up the suspense of, okay, now there's an assassin who is, is his uncle. <clears throat> Sorry, we're kicked. The day, the day went by. Yeah, no, you're good. We can move on here, though, so... Next part I wrote about, so we're switching perspectives again, um, to Cad Swain, um, and she's leading a party that includes Alana, the Aes Sedai bonded to Rand, Varen, who helped Rand in like book two and uh, some other books, and then a party of Aes Sedai and Sea People, so they're going to farm adding because Alana can track Rand with the bond. So they get they go to farm adding, and then they meet with the council there and tell them like what they're doing. There's a lot of details about like them talking between each other and then talking to the council. Um, I don't think I'm really going to get into that. If no, it's, we don't. Yeah, I, I don't think okay. it's important. If it does become important, we can always revisit it later on in, when we're talking about this book, but I don't think it's going to be that important. So, um, so they're working their way towards Rand. While that's happening, Min is talking to Rand in their bedroom. He's just telling him about Olivia. So again, that's the former Damani that's in Rand's party now. Um, and he's going she, supposedly she's going to play a big role with Rand because she's going to help him die at some point. So I guess Olivia might be like around for a while. But Alana and Cad Swain they come into the bedroom with Min and Rand. So Cad Swain kind of you know they talk for a while. I'm not going to get into every detail of what they talk about. I don't think everything is important, but some of the stuff I'll talk about here. So Cad Swain talks about how three of the Ashaman now are bonded to Aes Sedai. Um, the reason being that they're kind of afraid to go back to the Dark Tower at this point because they don't know how like deep the insurgency is. So they're bonded to Aes Sedai now, which is unprecedented. They, you know, there's not common for like a female channel to bond to a male one. But additionally, Cad Swain agrees to not tell the Sea Folk in her party, like the Aes Sedai that are with her, where he is, so he can complete his mission, which is you know assassinating the Ashaman there. Um, I also wrote here, he's, she slaps Rand. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> yeah, common bad. theme in the series, but... Um, Sometimes Rand needs it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it kind of just reasserts, like, Cat Swain's status of, like, I really don't give a fuck. So... Yeah. Um, so, moving on from that, from, like, Cat Swain talking, then we have Alana talking to Rand. So Cat Swain leaves the room, Alana talks to Rand, and she's like, okay, why did I pass out earlier? it's confirmed you know it's because he bonded these other women and alana actually thinks it's only one woman 
Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Rand doesn't tell her which woman it is. Obviously, it's men. Um, and then also she mentions um, that Alana knows when he's having sex with men. So love it. That's um, so funny. It, that scene in general cracked me up. Yeah. I'm just thinking we go from Rand taking taking like five books to finally lay his dragon seed right <laughs> five books uh very conservative man like perrin yes. and then and then now he's just banging three chicks on the regular he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> i knew this shit was coming to i knew yeah, when alana came into the room some shit about the sex stuff was gonna be mentioned i just knew so funny. i thought it was gonna be like she passed out because of the sex stuff but it seems more like she just passed out because of the the new bond but yeah i mean we have three people bond to like him at the same time so yeah she's feeling from Rand's side just out of nowhere like because like shock shock is like very like you can die from being like shocked like yeah, you know? yeah. so out of nowhere she's just doing her thing and then three people bond rand and she feels it through rand i mean yeah of course her of course her she wasn't not only was she not mentally prepared for it, well, no, she wasn't mentally prepared for it. So physically, she just got overwhelmed. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, they also mention here, so it's actually possible to release someone from a bond. They kind of just like Robert Jordan just kind of casually throws that in there while they're talking here, and that's like a major thing. I feel like because I think up into this point, there wasn't a lot of talk about actually being released from a bond besides death. So you can get released from a bond if the person who bonded you, you know, releases you. So Rand asks for Alana to release him. She says no. And then Rand is like, okay, I, but I don't want you to be near me. So I'm going to send you to Tyr to negotiate. And then after you're done with that, you can come back. But like, I don't want to be like around you. Unless I need yeah. you. So. Because like, you know, the first time we saw a warder lose their well the second time we saw water lose their bond was when lan uh uh went over to nanive and got bonded by her so we know so that was like the first time we when we found out that it is possible oh, but yeah. like he says very uh br brushed over it was very quick so this was like the second one of the other times where we learn about it through ran I forgot about that. Yeah, that Lan got released from his bond from that other Aes Sedai. Yeah. So this this whole section I basically like makes me think that like so like the beginning with Cadswain shows that how how much power her name alone has. Um uh just because of how old she is and how there's still some people who would rather not be around her. Yeah. Uh politically and just because she has all that power uh and then you know goes on to once we get to finally like this conversation it was, it was really funny leading up to it too with like men and rand's conversations about like uh about alana she's like is that her is she here and then Catswain walks in and she's like you told me it was her <laughs> and then she walked in oh my god <clears throat> And then how men like when they knocked on the door and she's like, "Is that her?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then she's like, "All right, lay in bed." And then she like gets all snuggled up to him and shit. It was oh yeah, shit. yeah. That was 
so funny. And then she's like, come in. <laughs> and then just, you expect it to be a lot of this just fucking cat's way. You're just like, bruh. <laughs> that part was really funny. It cracked me up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Yeah, and I guess the only really much input I have on the Alana conversations like already been talked about, but it shows what's really strange about this. Uh, and I obviously I say it in a good way of like, I really like this story. I'm, I'm saying it in a way is like, Alana basically soul raped Rand and it refuses to let go of the bond and claims my, she calls him my warder. You're my warder. And it's just like, you just you soul raped him. You don't own you don't own him, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit cringe. She she probably should have yeah released him. So from so it's like when I look at like through her lens and how Aes Sedai are like so built so far above everyone else. It's like she can't see even even now she like can't see past uh the shit like the. Like, she can't, she, like, is looking at her own shit and is like, wow, it's golden. You know? Yeah. So, I don't really, it's just like, come on. Yeah. Bruh. She definitely should have released them. <laughs> I mean, I know she's described by Varen as, like, more of the, one of the more emotional Aes Sedai. Like, she's more defensive and, like, um, compared to other Aes Sedai. So, it kind of shows here again. But, yeah. Yeah, we can continue on unless you want to elaborate on something you liked no there's nothing else there yeah. for me um so in this next part here i'll just touch on it really briefly here but um Varen, the Aes Sedai who helped rand in previous books the brown Aes Sedai, is worried about being in farm adding she's there with the party with cat swain because she has warrants for her arrest from previous encounters there so <laughs> <laughs> just randomly has warrants for arrest. And like Varen is one of those characters where it's like in book two, I was like, this Aes Sedai is similar to Moraine in the sense that she's probably has good intentions and like should probably be around Rand. But then there's other situations now, like she goes back and forth. I feel like she's a very like, I don't know yet if she's truly trustworthy or not. Um, but it seems like she has good intentions for the most part. But anyway, um, she speaks with Kat Swain and then she decides that she's not going to try to poison Kat Swain. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That's great. But, oh, this was the part where Kat Swain was also talking about how she's like, she's like, okay, because she wouldn't be acting like this towards Rand if, if, uh, Oh, what fuck? What's her name? Who, what's that woman who controls the White Tower right now? Elida. Uh, Elida. It's, it's like there's so, so many, many names, names, dude. I, just, yeah, when I write these notes, to... I gotta like remind myself who everyone is, and that's why I try to like say like a quick thing too, because I'm like it's yeah. so difficult to remember. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead. So I'll say is like because of what Elida did to Rand, uh, she can't just go up to him and be like okay i'm gonna help you and do what you want and blah 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 because because Rand can't cry right he can't feel he's just gone numb basically uh 
if she did do that, it would, you know, be catastrophic. And we've talked about this before, and they've mentioned it a lot of times in the book. I just like how every, like, because we see how hard Cat Swain is on him, and to us, it's like, Gus cut ran, ran some slack. She, it, we're reminded here again that she can't do that because if she does, that's going to be no good to Rand. So she's literally doing all of this to help Rand, uh, in her own way, come to his senses. And so, and when he does, the one of the first steps is him coming to ask her for help because it'll show him uh, modesty. Exactly. Her, so. Yeah, he he's very much lacking in uh humility right now yeah so i just wanted to make that point before moving on to the final part that's a good point all right so yeah the final section here we're going back to elaine's perspective so elaine and Egwene, get the names (laughs) yeah they meet they meet in the dream world and they actually observe how emmonsfield like where they all grew up originally in the first book is now like a prosperous town like it's not really a farm village anymore and on top of that they're flying the menetherin banner which is like the red falcon i think or whatever that perrin was using when he was there so you kind of see them starting to build like a kingdom um elaine leaves the dream world and they talk about a bunch of stuff i'm not gonna like go into detail about it but um Elaine leaves the dream world, and then we discover that she's pregnant with Rand's child. So obviously, that's like a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure Min like didn't Min, yeah, Min prophesize Min that. Yeah, she yeah, she knew that it was gonna did. happen. Um, so she's pregnant with Rand's child. The castle knows that she's pregnant as well. So she tries to play it off like the captain of her guard is the father because she doesn't want people to know that Rand is the father so she just acts really friendly to him and pretends like he likes she likes him um and there's you know <laughs> there's <laughs> um she talks about like getting her butt pinched um hell yeah brother <laughs> uh, just a oh, such an old timey thing is like i don't know like i feel like men nowadays we don't really do that i know like it used to be a thing but like slapping yeah. is more the the mo now <laughs> i feel like <laughs> well, it's like even like when i talked to um my grandma so like when she worked when she was younger in the courthouses and stuff you know and it just talks about how like managers and stuff they they would pinch women's bottoms and stuff too so she they did it to her as well so it's like people so it was a thing all right it's so you know try to you you could say people blow it out of proportion. You could say that it happened a lot more than you think. But what we do know for sure is that it happened. So that is a very old timey thing. I don't know if too much of it still goes on in today. I don't I don't really see it at my it doesn't happen at my work, so that's all I can say about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean in, in the modern day that kind of shit does not fly no you get fucking fired to lose all your shit so yeah back in the day it was like okay to just sexually harass women all the time so uh (laughs) she could could become like like she could become like the queen and she's like i'll bear it if i must because if if people find out she's carrying the baby of the dragon reborn they're gonna kill her or or someone's gonna try to kill her or at least capture her 
or or maybe wait till the baby's born and then and then steal the baby kidnap the baby absolutely what if this is the dark this is what the dark man the not the dark man the dark one wanted (laughs) he wanted to keep althor alive until he could have an heir who would be strong as fuck and then he would raise that heir as his own and have himself an evil chosen one an evil evil talvarian yeah man yeah who knows no it's it's a very yeah I, it's completely understandable that elaine's gonna try to make people think it's a different man's child because like yeah people find yeah, out some brands <laughs> that would create like chaos so. uh, her her avienda is like n- not a fan but but once she explains it to her she's like okay but I'm still, still gonna <laughs> like it. Oh man! Uh, I wish I was pregnant. <laughs> Dude, the car with the car con. <laughs> I don't know. So, but it's really funny seeing how like they describe uh, Elaine's foods and stuff now. She's like, oh, I just. She's like, I'm I'm getting all this healthy shit. I want some of the sweets and some other stuff. And then she's like, I tried to sneak it to the kitchen, but. But they just looked at me and was like, <laughs> "Which, like, like I, I didn't even know—is that even like a thing? I thought like with pregnant women, you kind of should just feed them whatever they're craving." But it's, I mean, well, I mean, obviously like, you want to eat healthy, but like, it's not like she's drinking fucking gallons of wine. I don't know, like, yeah. why they were focusing so much on like the cakes and stuff. I'll have to ask. I'll ask my sister. Yeah, because like I've never. Mom, but heard of that being like such a big deal maybe back in the day it was a bigger deal but i don't know well this is how i like think of it so let's say like you yourself let's say you uh you just start eating a bunch of sweets and drinking soda all the time uh and kick your kick like some of the or like minimum of like the good stuff but then let's say you kick all the sugar and all that out and you just have the good stuff like how do you think your body's going to turn out? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, like, so, better yeah. to... Uh, of course it's better so. to eat fucking vegetables every damn day, of course. <laughs> but, like, yeah. that's just not realistic. Like, I don't think any mom adheres to such a ridiculous schedule. I don't I don't know. They, they I don't know. might have to do with their, their temptations. They can't... I think can't you can eat cake. Them. Like, I think it's not a big deal to eat some cake. I think <laughs> it's going to be all right. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> maybe drinking wine? Probably not. But, like, Probably yeah, not. like, eating cake and stuff? Like, I don't know why that, that's given such a... It's made such a big deal in this section. I don't know. Uh, it's it's so thing. funny because we live in America, right? So, literally, all our food has sugar in it. <laughs> so, yeah. it's like... Like, that's why, like, uh, I don't buy anything and like pack rarely do i buy anything in a package anymore like at all but uh yeah because like you know back then it's everything's like made fresh or i'm not gonna say back then i'm gonna say in this world of this book everything's mostly made fresh nothing's put in like you're not getting your like fake food right yeah like there's for sure so uh it's just a different cultures i guess like we it doesn't i don't i what i'm trying to say is i don't think it matters too much like for for us uh because since we live in a culture where sugar is literally fucking everywhere uh it's kind of like we, we don't even think about it but in their in their culture where uh you it isn't like that 
then it's like, dude, there's no excuse. You're eating healthy. Yeah, I guess. Like, I, I, I guess like, I got to research know. more about it. It's just weird. It was just weird to me. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take notes. I'll, ask, I'll call my mom. <laughs> All right, m- mom. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sh- obviously, yeah. like, eating a healthy diet is, is ideal. But I this know, like, being pregnant is also insanely difficult. So, like, you know, like, eating yeah. a didn't, piece of cake here and there isn't gonna fucking murder the child. But didn't, you know. didn't they? Didn't they say that like a Gwen or not Gwen that Elaine uh, ate fish? Because I thought you weren't supposed to eat a whole lot of fish while pregnant. I don't know, man. Or, I feel or like am I mistaken? I, Were least, you not paying attention to the food passages? Yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I feel like um, I, I I was listening to like a streamer and he was he had a kid and he was talking about how like the the baby nutrition industry reminds him of like the fitness industry like they literally every year something is bad and every year something is different like every year just like fitness where it's like every year they're like oh yeah keto is like important and then like with babies it's like oh this year you can't eat apples. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, one don't year know. they yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was like, one one year they tried to say that like eggs were bad. Yeah, like, that was like fuck oh, off. Yeah, it's like it's all right. Yeah, eggs every goddamn day, bitch. <laughs> I do though. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I love eggs. <laughs> eggs are great. They're like my whole breakfast. Eggs are good. Uh, yeah, I've been on that. Okay, next. <laughs> What's that? That's honestly pretty much it here. Like <laughs> Elaine, Elaine talks a lot about like the stuff she needs to do in the kingdom, and, like people she has to meet with. I don't really think we need to go into detail on that. If yeah, you read it no. and you're interested in that shit, go right ahead. <laughs> go watch another YouTube. It's it's all, basically all just three like three of you. Yeah, <laughs> just it's just managing a kingdom basically, and then um, she talks about how she's gonna meet with some some of the Borderlands rulers. We're, you know, th- this section too. At the beginning, we get to see how uh, how far not only like Egwene has come, but how f- how her status has has even like grew bigger than Elaine's as like a queen and the lover to the dragon reborn. Because like they're talking about like a farm, a girl bar- born as a farmer, and uh, and another girl born as a princess. You know, obviously, you would think that the princess would eventually, you know, would have more power over the farmer, like politically and standing. But now, that farmer girl uh, is now uh, the Ar- Armulan or unofficial Armulan seat. So she now has pow- more power over Elaine. Which they're still friends, but you can definitely see in situations that Egwene takes charge. So, it's uh, that's a for me. It's very interesting to see that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, she's yeah one of the most powerful characters in in this world now because the Armorlin is obviously she's not the official one yet, but eventually she'll obviously get rid of Elida and become the Armorlin. But yeah, yeah, you know, we've uh, seen so many a lot of character development. And obviously, it's nine books, so you so far, so you'd expect to see a lot of character development. But like, it's uh, well, there's no but to it. It's actually 
just like pointing it out, kind of like how Avienda was very close-minded and stubborn at first, and now she's like very open and she's still she's still kind of stubborn, but she's like more open and friendly now than she was at the beginning. Uh, Elaine, I think Elaine's pretty much the same. I mean, I can't really think of any any like major changes with her unless like you can think of one not really besides like this portion where she's starting to like really learn how to be a queen um i think is some change but yeah it's not oh no not anything crazy really modesty that's what she she learned she had to learn modesty she was very like because even like matt and stuff would say that she's very like kind of pamperish very like oh look at me i'm a queen i want to fuck tom no i don't want to fuck tom he's my father you know (laughs) that sort of thing yeah, character development. First, yeah. you're a fucking old man, and then you don't, and they're your father. Yeah, that's yeah. And then uh, so normal. So I feel <laughs> so yeah. Maybe she has come. She has come a long way. Now she's matured a lot because a lot of the stuff she did in the earlier books were very immature. Like when she was with Matt and was like, uh, how how was she acting? She was. He's like, that's great, Master Cawthon. Uh, blah, you know, blah, like, yeah, like, down yeah, to him. Yeah, she would talk like and, that. Yeah. yeah, so I think she's come a long way in that. And that's nice. I, I no longer, because I know it, we didn't record these at the time, but obviously, but a lot of the girl characters I didn't care for too much. Not yeah. was because, like, Egwene's was just kind of boring to me. Nonive was just kind of annoying. And uh, I liked I liked Elaine though I liked Elaine and Men, but now it's like now I'm I like all of them like all their shits intrigued me I like where their characters are going. Nanive needed land. My God, she needed land <laughs> to calm like, her the fuck down. I don't know if it's similar with the monkey in the tree thing, um, snake through the grass, but like man, <laughs> he just he needed to stop repeating the same personality tropes over and over and over again because it was like for some of those books it was just the the girls would just do the same say the same things and act the same personality like over and over and we already understand their personality like we don't need to like do this over and over so yeah Yeah, i agree with you they feel like like more like real people now so like thank god yeah but you you mentioning that I haven't heard anyone sniff the air yet. <laughs> right. Book, thus, thus it's been a while. No one, it's been and, a while. You know, it's like, it's not that I, I didn't hate the saying. I just thought it was being used too much. Agreed. So yeah. please uh, bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Just, I want to hear, uh, just not as often, not as much as it was. Because yes. it was, it was like every five it seconds. It was legit every chapter <laughs> and like nothing was happening. <laughs> And it was every chapter, and it was just yeah. man. <laughs> you know, I, I'm gonna still say it. You know, we're at yeah. the end of of this little section. We'll finish the book next episode. But I don't understand what people are saying about the slump. Like this yeah. shit is got me got got <laughs> got me fucking going. Love yeah, it. Man. You said uh, the word wrong. <laughs> no. God, oh, you're canceled. <laughs> No, uh, I've offended for words that aren't pronounced right. <laughs> anyway, whatever. no, I agree with you. I, this <laughs> this book has been good so far. I don't know why people hate it. So I've enjoyed it. Yeah, so, 
Yeah. What are your uh, predictions for the end of the book? Will we see Fael be? I don't think we we're gonna see Perrin. I don't think we're gonna see Perrin again. <laughs> okay, at this point, I don't think we're seeing Perrin yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a. I'll have to go back and re-listen to these and be like, see what our predictions were uh, after the first episode, and then like compare it. Compare it. Be like, I'm pretty sure I said, oh, I can't wait to see where where Perrin's story goes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Went into the uh, void. I've never Matt, saw Matt's it. Matt's not going to marry Tuan until the second book of Brandon Sanderson's section. We're not going to fucking oh my God. get to that. A memory of light. Yeah, yeah the last book. The last chapter. <laughs> yeah. right, I guess I'll, we defeated the dark one. Let's get married. Time to get married. <laughs> Only if you make me your sex slave, but not an actual slave. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Put me in your kennel. Too long. Gotta put a, put a leash on me. No, not not that one. <laughs> Use a wow. pink ribbon on me, too long. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. We didn't talk about that. Bale never got rid of the fucking uh, man's collar. Oh yeah. The man, I said I call her. Yeah, yeah he they did. They still it. have it. He still fucking has it. Which is that, scary. That don't, I knew... I knew as soon as like Nuneve was like, take this to the to the deepest part of the ocean and dump it. I was like, you should have just yeah, you should have just fucking got rid of it. Should have done it yourself because now because now that's gonna come back to bite him in the ass. True. I feel like they're gonna try to escape and then maybe Domon will get one of some of them will get captured and then they're gonna get the collar. Yeah, and then they're gonna yeah, and then Rand will probably be collared in a book or two. Yep. And then maybe Egwene will have to save him with like the Ice Die army or like something. I don't know. You're still waiting on that white tower to, to get destroyed. I know. I'm excited for that siege. It's like, just yeah. do it already. I wonder if it's going to happen. Do you think it's going to happen in this book? Hell no. Dude, it's going to happen Hell in <laughs> memory of light, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, it's like we're heading to Tarman Gate and. There's one more. Wait, there's one tower. Out. There's one tower. Saruman. The- Saruman. <laughs> we gotta kill him first, and then we can kill Sauron. It's like they get, they get, <laughs> they get to the White Tower, and it's uh, who are you? Who names himself <laughs> Armulan Seat? I am Roland of Gilead. Oh son no. Of- <laughs> uh, that's a Dark Tower reference, yeah. not a. No, 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 not the Dark Tower in like the Wheel of Time, but like Stephen <laughs> King's. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Anyway, that's it. Dude, that'd be so badass. Fucking Roland of Gilead versus fucking Elida. Oh my oh, God. Oh, shit. Uh, Elida would fucking destroy yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, well, in this, in this series, uh, it seems like it, bro. Channeling yeah. is insane. Yeah. In this series. I, well, I don't. I haven't seen people with really any guns. Besides, True. like cannons, maybe. So maybe if Roll- Roland's quick, so maybe he could probably her fast probably enough, pop yeah. her off. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I fucking love Roland. All right, I'm getting <laughs> off topic. <laughs> but uh, what else do you think's gonna happen? Um. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see Perrin again. I think we're gonna go more into Elaine. And then, honestly, I feel just with the how Robert Jordan's writing usually goes, I feel like nothing else is gonna happen. We're just gonna get like more talking, and then 
Well, the last like three maybe Rand will kill. are usually bangers. Yeah, exactly. So I think it maybe Rand will deal more with the Ashaman maybe in the last few chapters. Um, but I don't. I don't yeah. think we're gonna get. I don't think we're gonna get the escape for Matt or the siege or anything yet. But what do you think? I think. I, I think the biggest thing will probably happen is I think Rand will destroy the taint oh yeah either, true could do that I, th- I think he'll either destroy the taint or fail at destroying the taint yeah so that's but because yeah because i think the parent stuff they're probably gonna finish next book the matt stuff i, I mean shit what do we have like four hours left in the audiobook uh yeah it's like four or five yeah. hours i think yeah i have four hours 16 minutes left so I don't. I, so the only thing I could really think of that's going to get concluded is uh, Rand's, and I think everyone else's will get set set up, and then the start of next book will continue theirs. Yeah. At least that's so. That's my uh, my thought on that. Cool. Well, we'll find out. We're about to finish it out. You have anything else? Um, I love this book so far. It's honestly uh, probably one of my favorites thus far. And it's mostly due to the relationship stuff that we're finally getting uh, resolved and starting new arcs with. Because like, I've been waiting nine books for the three-girl thing to happen. And so now that that finally happened, I love that scene. We're finally moving on to the next stage in their uh progress into into their progressive relationship. Basically <laughs> what Josh is saying to our three viewers is um he likes the sex stuff. So I do. I'm joking. All all two of you know this. Oh man. <laughs> anyway. Uh all right. yeah, that's what I had. Well, I'll close this out here. Thank you all for listening. If you listen all the way through, we appreciate it. Feel free to give us a like on YouTube or give us a review, comment on wherever you listen to this for podcasts. But we appreciate it. And the next week, we're going to finish Winter's Heart. Cool. Smell you later, Rayad. See ya.